Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. Please welcome our host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello, and welcome to Stand Out, the podcast all about growing in the organizing and productivity industry. My name is Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. Do you trust your gut? I mean, do you really listen to it and follow your intuition? Or do you second guess yourself and, like me sometimes, make things harder for yourself than they need to be? Whether you listen to your gut or not, you all know what I'm talking about. But what the heck is our gut in this sense? And how do we tap into it more to help us make better decisions in life, in relationships, and in our business? On today's podcast episode, we have Melissa Belliard, who is part of the Living Peace Organizing Team in Arlington, Massachusetts, as well as a member of NAPO New England and the Holistic Organizers Special Interest Group, or a SIG. She has been a professional organizer for over five years and is also a part-time massage, yoga, and energy work therapist. Melissa is committed to helping her clients find the organizing system that works for them with compassion and creativity. She has been helping her friends and family get organized for years and loves decluttering closets and cabinets, especially for empty nesters and folks who are downsizing. Melissa brings her 16 years of experience as a human resource professional to her work, including compassionate listening, leadership, and creative problem-solving skills. Her intuition has guided and surprised her in ways she never expected. Melissa, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. Oh, it's going to be good. I feel, especially right now, we're in really uncertain times. Listeners, we are recording this what might be the height of a pandemic. We're not sure kind of where we're at on its journey with us, but we're in it. And I really believe, Melissa, this episode will help us during these uncertain times and just, you know, life in general is uncertain and can sometimes, you know, have us feeling uneasy or not sure what to listen to within our bodies. And I'm just excited that you're going to share with us all that you know about listening to our gut and our intuition. Will you share with our listeners a little bit more about how you got to be a professional organizer, because I think listeners all over you know, the world can really relate to that journey. So how did you get to be where you are today? Thanks, Sarah. So as you mentioned in my bio, I started out in human resources, and I did that for 16 years, and I loved helping people, but I've always been interested in organizing. My sister was the uh, subject of my (laughs) organizing practice as we grew up. And I just, I loved having order and I loved just the feeling I got when I could help others or organize themselves, especially if that wasn't their forte. So I had always been looking as I was working in HR, knowing I didn't want to do that forever, that I knew someday I'd be doing something different. So I began to explore and when I discovered that there was actually a professional group that did this <laughs> professionally and got paid for it, I just, I was over the moon. So I actually interviewed the former owner of Living Peace, Erin Elizabeth Wells, and got some information before I even left and then went through a series of layoffs at work and finally decided once my kids were out of high school that it was time for me to make the change. 
And I just feel that my experience working with people and working in human resources really helps, and especially business-wise too, really helped me to feel confident about stepping into learning more about how to help others, especially one-on-one, which is where I feel, as an introvert, I feel like that's where I can shine more than helping big groups of people. Absolutely. And that one-on-one help truly helps people kind of get over those hurdles that they either create for themselves, they're standing in front of, and they're not sure how to get over. So I know your work is super important. And you know, that journey that you just shared with our listeners, a lot of them can relate to that. And just to know that everything that we've that led up to us becoming professional organizers and productivity specialists, it all helps us, right? Because I feel like matters of the home or the office and just getting organized, life just kind of helps us figure those hurdles out and can help us help our clients see things differently so they can finally tackle all those things that are kind of getting in their way. So thank you for all your work and all you do. And I love hearing those stories. So Today, we're going to talk about intuition. Talk to us about why this topic, how you're an expert in this topic and your feelings towards intuition and why it was important for you to bring this topic to life. Sure. And I just wanted to thank you for, you know, whenever people are listening to this, we are in the middle of this very uncertain and probably frightening time for a lot of people. And I feel like we don't have any frame of reference for maybe how to function in this current setting. And therefore, if we can tap into our intuition and really listen to what it has to say to us, I feel like it can help guide us through this time where our intellect, maybe it can help us to some extent, but honestly, we don't have the experience. So a lot of this really, we do have to listen. You know, I know a lot of people are home with their kids and it's how do I manage how do I help them homeschool? I'm not a math teacher. <laughs> I remember doing with my kids a couple times the lattice math. I'm like, what is this? I, I don't even know how to do this. So I just feel like there's a lot of uncertainty right now. And the more that we can really just get quiet and listen inside and see what we really need to do, what's best for us and our families right now is huge. So I just wanted to thank yes. you for bringing that up. So no, this episode is going to be very important. So I just, I have, you know, all of us at NAPO, we're really excited to have you on today. But yeah, continue, please. So for myself, I feel like I've always been intuitive. Maybe I didn't know what that was when I was younger, but, and we'll talk more about the different styles of intuition, but I'm generally a very kinesthetic person. So if you know the different learning types, you have visual, you have auditory, and you have kinesthetic. I've just been always very in my body. And so I would feel things when I'd be around people and I could kind of tune into their, maybe what their emotions were that day. Certainly as a mother, I've (laughs) finally honed this skill with my children that I don't even have to say a word to them or them to me. And I can instantly tell that something's not quite right with them. And I think maybe a lot of moms and parents can hopefully identify with that and resonate with that sensation of knowing, okay, you know, they walk in the door and you're like, okay, someone had a bad day. <laughs> so <laughs> I just found it has helped me with my clients to be able to, again, get kind of quiet and tune into where they are. And once you get to know your client, I think that's a little easier. But honestly, I feel like we can still use our intuition with people we have are just meeting or just developing that rapport with. And if we're not in our body, as you kind of mentioned, how can we get there. You know, that sounds, because I'll admit, I'll, I'll put myself out there. I don't think that I am in my body. You know, I kind of, I very much care about 
how other people are feeling in the moment or what energy they're bringing to me so that I can kind of tailor my energy or my response to them. But I am not always spot on. (laughs) I always overthink, you know, what they're feeling. So for our listeners, if they feel they're not, they don't have that, they don't have that relationship with their body and their intuition, how can they develop one? I'm glad you asked that. And you don't have to be in your body necessarily to be tapping into your intuition. That's just how I happen to do it. But Mm -hmm. I do think it's important that however you individually get grounded for some people that's doing meditation. For me, I just try and take some nice deep breaths and then even just physically having your feet on the floor. And if you're sitting down, you can put your hands on your lap. That's one way to come into your body if you feel like you're not in your body. But it's more about are you able to tune out the distractions around you so that you can tap into that intuition. And for you, that may be more visual. Maybe you look at somebody and you're getting images or you're kind of seeing from their facial expression or maybe you're listening and you can hear things that they're saying or maybe they're not saying. Mm. So we can talk more about the three styles if that. Yes, let's do that. Yes. Yes. Okay, great. So we have three different styles of intuition and my source for this, there's an excellent resource by an author called Penny Pierce, P-E-I-R-C-E. Her book, The Intuitive Way, is an excellent tool. It gets into so many exercises you can do. It talks about what is intuition and the many different ways people experience it because we're all different. I just, I found it's been a huge resource for me to develop my intuition further. And we'll talk more about that at the end as different tools you can practice with. Because I do feel like even though we are intuitive, we can always improve and practice and get better at it. So the three styles that we have are the same as I mentioned, the same as the three types of learning. So we have vision, voice, and vibration, which align with visual, auditory, and kinesthetic if you look at the learning styles, if you're familiar with those. So some ideas of vision would be a lot of people, as I've been exploring this topic with other organizers and with friends and family, some people actually have dreams that eventually not come true, but it kind of is a you know, they have the dream and then they, it happens in real life later. I talked to someone who uh, her parents were thinking about buying a new house and she had a dream and she pictured the house exactly as it was. And then they went to the house and she was like, wow, I dreamt this. <laughs> yeah. I don't personally have that. I have very vague dreams sometimes that will sometimes happen much later on. And they're not, it's not like I'm predicting the future. It's like I'm winning the lottery. It's more like talking to a person and being in a certain room and I'll have that experience later on. And I'm like, wow. I feel like I dreamt about that. And is that that? Is it deja vu? A lot of people experience deja vu where they feel like they've had a particular conversation before. Some people even feel like they've been in places before. The first time I saw a picture of Machu Picchu, the ruins in Peru, I felt like I had been there before, which may sound crazy, but it just, there was something very familiar about it. And so I can't explain where these things come from, but that's personally some of the ways I've experienced it. Some people might see symbols or motifs. You mentioned I'm a massage therapist and I went off on my own last year. And one symbol I kept seeing around that time was a lighthouse. And I really felt like it kind of represented that I was this beacon and I was sending out my beacon across to people and whoever saw it that needed the help that I could give them, it would be a guiding light for them. So it's things like that where we can kind of pay attention to our surroundings visually and see what's coming to us. 
voice. So this is what we were talking about earlier, listening to your gut. So a lot of people can resonate with the feeling of something is happening and they can feel inside them that their gut is clenching up or that they're getting chills or that their chest might tighten up. And this is also kinesthetic, but there's a voice inside that says something is not right. And so if we can listen to that voice and explore it a little further, not always easy to do in the moment, but uh, we're going to talk more about maybe journaling and getting better at this. When you didn't listen to your gut, what happened? I find that's a great reference point as well. So you may get words that come to you. Sometimes when I'm with a client, a word will come up like fear or sadness. And so, and this happens in my massage work as well. And so I just, I ask them if I feel comfortable, say, I, I just feel like there might be a little sadness coming up. You know, what do you think? This is what's happening inside me. And a lot of times it will be reflecting what's going on with the client. So part of it is just, I have to have confidence in that and present it in a way that's not like voodoo or whatever. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> do with a little like, you know, I'm a little humble when I say it. I'm just like, this is what's coming up for me. So, and then the final is the one I was talking about earlier, vibration. So this is bodily sensations. Again, you might get goosebumps. You might feel things in your throat or your belly. Some people get smell and taste. I've not had that happen for me. The biggest thing with vibration I've found is that, so sometimes we might meet somebody and we might feel like, wow, I feel like I've known this person forever and you just met them, but you just fall into this nice little rapport with each other. Well, I feel like you can also meet someone and have the experience of, wow, there's something that doesn't make me feel good about talking to this person. I have no basis based on the two minutes we've been talking, but there's something here telling me that, you know, there's like a mismatch of our vibration. So these are some of the ways vibration that you might pick up things intuitively. And if a listener right now is saying, okay, that makes sense. Is it possible someone could say, yeah, I've kind of maybe experienced all three in some small way, or do you think each of us kind of has one way we tap into our intuition? How does that work in your research and your readings and your findings? I love that you asked that. That's actually part of the summary of it is that we could feel all three things in combination. And Penny Pierce calls that a knowingness. Hmm. So sometimes we just know. We don't, you know, we don't know where that information is coming from, but somehow we just know something about a situation and we know it's right. So I love that you asked that. So you, and I feel like people do tap into various pieces and you can develop pieces that maybe aren't as strong for you. I've been trying to be more open to vision because I just don't feel like I'm super visual. I don't get images or colors or things like that, whereas other people do. But now that I'm opening to the idea that that's a possibility, it has been happening at times for me. That's kind of true in, in so many things. If we would just kind of open up to the idea that it's possible I feel like that, all you know, with business, with life, with, you know, our future, when we want to happen for ourselves, if we can just start to visualize it, as you, you know, as you say, or, you know, accept it as it could be true for us, kind of, you tend to see it kind of start happening within your life. So do you think there's some parallels there of just kind of opening your arms to it in a way and having it just be there for you? Absolutely. Because when I've been talking to people and people I thought that would, I'm like, oh, they know they're intuitive. I was shocked at the people that said, no, I don't feel like I'm intuitive or my intuition is broken. And I just, I believe that five out of five people are intuitive. And I feel like you said, if you can, <laughs> I'm just making up that number, obviously, but I feel like everyone is intuitive. And part of it is just putting aside that feeling of disbelief and just having some, 
you know, being open to it. And I feel like the more we can become open to it and pay attention to what's going on around us, I feel like we can start to see how our own experience of intuition works for us. Okay, so I think this is a really good spot to take a quick break so we can hear a message from NAPO. But when we come back, I want to dig in with Melissa about how we can, now that we understand the foundation, the three types of intuition, how can we practice it? How can we apply it? And how the heck does it relate to us, you know, all the listeners out there? I want you to know how you can use this information and this understanding of Melissa for your own life and business. We'll be right back. The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals is proud to offer NAPO University courses in various formats to accommodate different learning styles and further your education when and how you wish. For the entire course catalog, visit napo.net slash education. And to join NAPO, visit napo.net slash join. All right, we're back. We have Melissa Belliard here who is talking about intuition, we talked about the three types of intuition. And okay, I'm going to test myself, Melissa, if that's okay. So voice, vision, and vibration. Is that correct? Yes, that is. And Sarah, I would love to know, based on that, what do you think your primary style? Oh my gosh. So I am like you where I have the most normal, bland dreams, if I remember them at all. So unless something's really stressful happening in my life, then sometimes I tend to bring my problems to bed with me. But I would probably say vision, I think, if I understand that correctly, because I don't know that I'm tapped into the vibrations of what's going on around me. So yeah, I think I would say I'm probably more a visual person in this sense. Awesome. Thank you. And I'm glad that you feel like you do have some intuition. I do have some. You know, I can, I definitely... And I don't know if it's because I'm a, and maybe you can lean into this a little bit more or share your thoughts on this, but I really, I'm a people pleaser. I want people to be happy. I want everyone to feel inclusive and included. And if someone is feeling, I was that person, you know, in high school or at parties where if someone was sitting alone, I, you know, it's part of me also being an introvert. And I would go to the other person who's kind of secluded themselves and say, okay, they could definitely use someone who can be with them. Is that kind of that's how I'm seeing this. That's how I'm relating that to like, I feel that energy coming from that person. And I can see it visually because they're sitting alone, they're standing alone, their face is a certain way. And that draws me to them to take an action that I have control over. Is that kind of the same thing? Absolutely. You're paying attention to them. You're putting your own distractions aside. You're not thinking about yourself. You're really focusing on them. And I love that you would use the word feel because you. it sounds like you are partly kinesthetic, but it sounds like, yeah, visual is your primary. And so you're picking up on those nonverbal cues from that person and just using your intuition to say, hey, I'm just going to go see if they want some company. So, right. and I think that's where we, the key to this, I think, is that, you know, we have these things that happen, they come up. So I guess the way to do it is then after it happens, go back and look and say, was my intuition right? Did that Mm -hmm. person want me to come over and talk to them? Did it feel better after we finished? I think it's about once you can start honing into your own, the ways that your body gives you signals, I think that you'll become stronger and better at recognizing those much more quickly when they happen. So you're not trying to process the information while you're engaging with your client. Does that make that, sense? Yeah. So that's kind of how we practice is is maybe after listening to this episode, whether you're a visual or a voice or a vibration person, take those clues and 
when you're done experiencing it, maybe write it down or really just sit down with yourself and go through what happened and ask how the, what the result was of listening to that voice or whatever that is for you. Is that kind of how we start practicing and recognizing what that is to us? Absolutely. So um, we can talk a little bit about that now is that, so my suggestion for using this as a tool with your clients is when you start your day before you even leave the house is to get quiet and listen and and just ask your intuition, what message do you have for me today? Mm. And that may sound hokey or silly, but honestly, if you just, I feel like we all have this inner wisdom and guidance that if we can tap in and listen to it, I think it can give us some great information. So I would recommend starting your day if you want to practice this by asking your intuition and maybe journaling if that's your thing or at least taking a few quick notes and then you can go into your day. Now, when you get to the clients, we talked earlier about kind of getting into your body. So however it is that you ground, if you like to picture nature or take some deep breaths or meditate or say a few mantras to yourself before you go in with the client, then that's a great way to help open the, I like to call it clearing the lens. And that's kind of how Penny refers to it in her book too. And try not to censor what is coming to you. Hmm. You You might get these crazy images or feelings or words. Just try not to censor what's coming to you. So when you get to the clients, a lot of us probably can tell with a client we've worked with for a while, if you walk in and their energy is just not quite right, maybe they didn't get a good night's sleep. Maybe they didn't have a good nutrition before you got there. Maybe they're just going through a rough time. I'm hoping a lot of us can relate to that feeling of knowing, okay, today I'm going to have to maybe be a little more gentle or more compassionate with this client because they're definitely not 100% on their game today. So if those things are coming to you, you can check in with your client, say, hey, how are you feeling today? Or did you get a good night's sleep? Or just kind of feel into that with them to see if your intuition is correct. And I think most of the time, they're definitely, you know, something has come up for them and we can just tell. That's a good reminder anyway to just, a lot of the times I know as organizers and productivity pros, we kind of just want to get into the work and help our clients receive, you know, achieve that goal that they hired us to achieve. But how much do we appreciate it when someone authentically asks us how we are and really wants to know? You know, just taking that moment to just connect with that other person and say, how are you today? You know, did you sleep well last night? Or, you know, and I think that's just a good practice to get into regardless, especially for people who are in our industry. And we're just, we're such go-getters. We like to get things done, but just pausing and connecting with our clients on a human level is important. I love that. And I think that that will help us reset our own expectations. So a lot of times, you know, most of us have a plan going in for that day. Okay, we're going to work on the kitchen today. Maybe you have to go in and realize that uh, they're not going to be up to moving Mm -hmm. a bunch of crocs and, you know, making big decisions today. So maybe we need to shift to something a little bit easier on them today, especially if we're working with sentimental or emotional things. I find that that's really key to tuning in for that day you know, is this going to be too much for them? And then as the session's progressing, let's say they're starting to hit an emotional wall, you may need to, again, change gears, which I don't really like doing in a session. We like to try and finish what we started, but sometimes that's just the way it goes. And you're not, you're doing your client a favor and a service by paying attention and helping them protect their own energy. So you're not leaving them exhausted when you walk out the door. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So another way that we can use it during a session 
you know, there's something called churning with, if you're new to the organizing field, that's when someone is picking up something else or not making decisions, they're kind of just moving stuff around or putting it in <laughs> new piles. So it makes it feel like they're doing something. But to me, this is a really common sign that maybe you're hitting a wall with a client. So there I'm, I'm using my visual intuition that I can kind of tell that they're not really making progress. They're just kind of moving stuff around. So that's a more specific example that hopefully most people can have seen before and can recognize. And what would you do in that situation, Melissa, if you kind of see someone just shifting things around and really just avoiding the task at hand, what are some tips and tricks you have for our listeners to how to handle that wall that they're facing? Yes. So thank you. We use a very holistic approach in our company. And so I do want to find out like, okay, what is coming up for the client? Say, hey, you know, what are you thinking right now? What are you feeling, you know, depending on what the client, how they might, what their learning style is. I try to tap into, okay, what is going on for them at that moment and kind of stop the churning, just stop, you know, break the energy at that moment, Hmm. shift it so we can figure out, is this really a good project to be doing right now? Is there something that's bothering them that we can kind of work through and then be able to move on? You know, we're trying to get things done. I'm trying to teach them tools for themselves long-term. It's not a one and done kind of thing. So, you know, and I feel like if there's something emotional coming up for them, as an organizer, can I help them shift their energy? Mm. You know, if they're feeling stuck or if they're feeling bad about themselves, a lot of times it might be, let's say we're working with paperwork and it's financial and they haven't been paying their bills or there's a lot of late fees coming in. I think for some people, there's so many emotions that come up with that embarrassment. You know, why wasn't I taking care of this? What is wrong with me? Why can't I be more organized? And I think if we can help them tap into what's going on for them, it can help break that cycle for the future, hopefully. You know, it's not going to happen in one session, but. Right. No, that's great. Is it too soon to ask you, Melissa, with everything going on right now, you know, how can we, I don't want to say it's selfish, but how can our intuition help us right now navigate everything around us that's uncertain. You know, we are kind of our own client right now, just feeling like, why don't I have the answers for my children? Why don't I have the answers for my spouse who I'm around way more often than I usually am? You know, and not knowing, you know, you keep, you hear so many things on social media and the news and people who say like, this is just the beginning. Like, I mean, all those things that are so overwhelming, how can this help us in our life right now find a little bit more inner peace? Yeah. You know, and I'm sure I heard this from a lot of people. The first few weeks this happened, I honestly was in a state of shock. All I wanted to do was sit on the couch and read and eat chocolate. Right. And drink wine at five o'clock. Same. (laughs) Based on all the memes I've seen, that's still happening. So honestly, my, what I've been observing and from my own experience is that one day you might wake up, you might be all charged up and, oh my gosh, I'm going to clean the house today. We're going to get the kids on a schedule. And then the next day it is like, everything is going wrong. And how do I even just get through today without breaking down? So I really do feel if, especially with our kids, if we could just, I know we have to get things done with them. And I know some school systems are really pushing things more than others, but really tuning in, like, what is the best thing for my child right now? Even if it's just in the moment, it doesn't have to be for the whole day. Just tuning in if they're having a breakdown or if they're just not focused, what can I do to help them right now? Can I go outside with them? Can I, you know, put on a funny video? Can we get up and dance? Can we actually move physically and kind of shake up the energy that way? Hmm. I feel like if we can just kind of break whatever is happening at that moment in terms of energy, can we just shift it? 
I feel like that's going to be helpful for us. And then taking care of ourselves. And it might feel selfish, especially as I know women, especially, I apologize to the men out there, but women do tend to feel selfish if they're taking time for themselves. But as a mother, I know if I'm not taking care of myself, I can't be a good mom. Right. You know, we're doing the best we can here because there's only so much we can do and we can't have outside help like we used to be able to. I've got a potentially, maybe it's a tough question for you, Melissa, so I I apologize, but you know that balance between understanding what the energy is currently and what knowing that the energy is maybe giving us a little pushback, when do we know to push through and when do we know to just sit on the couch and read and eat chocolate? Like, How do you know when it's good to just sink into that feeling of like, I don't feel like doing anything right now? And when is it good to know that I, you know, right now I need to be a little tough love on myself and push through this tough moment? Do you have any advice for listeners for that? So again, I think reflecting on what has worked for you previously, our best guide is our experience. And Mm. so, you know, I think we've all been home long enough now to maybe look at those days when we didn't feel like doing anything and we forced ourselves to do it anyway. What was the outcome? I feel like when I feel a resistance against something, the more I push at it, the harder it comes at me. And it just, it feels like I'm banging my head against the wall. And so I've discovered on those days, I just... I surrender. I'm loving that word as much as I hate the idea of losing control. I just try to surrender. And I say, it's okay. It's okay to sit on the couch and read today. It's okay. And just having that compassion for ourselves. And again, there are days when I'm also like, okay, I'm going to put on some music. I'm going to go in the kitchen and do something different because sitting here at my computer, I'm literally just zoning out, not getting anything done. (laughs) Right. So after half an hour of that, I'm like, okay, this is not working for me. So I, you know, there are days when I do try to push through and then that has worked for me sometimes. And for me, music is a huge energy changer. So I've been putting together like this little playlist of songs that I can play when I'm feeling like I need to just raise my energy level and get moving and get physical in my, in my body. Yeah. So those are some tips maybe. And for, I'm sorry. And for me, just going outside and being in the sun and I know we have to be careful about walking around. A lot of things are closed right now, but can we just even walk around the neighborhood? And right now the flowers are amazing. People are, they're friendly. I'm like, wow, I feel like this is really bringing out the best in our community. I agree with you there. I mean, there's a lot, of course, it's sometimes more fun to write or read about all the drama out there. But if you just tap into what you're experiencing for yourself in your own communities. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised that people are just putting their best face forward and trying to be that energy of encouragement and just know that we're all in this together, which is which is really, it feels good to know that you're not in this alone. Because I don't know what I don't know in, in, with this topic, Melissa, is there anything that we haven't tapped into that we should talk about? I feel like... So again, if people want to develop this more, it's going to take a little more work, right? So it's going to take some journaling. It's going to take reflection time. What I like to do at the end of the session is I like to release what is not mine. That's a phrase I use a lot when I leave clients or when I'm done a massage. I release what is not mine. I let go of things that I, for me, I often feel very strongly for my clients and I tend to take away some of those emotions Mm -hmm. and feelings with me. I am an empath as well. So I absorb some of that. And it's really important for my own self-care to make sure I'm trying to let go of it as much as possible and having my own self-care as well. Anyway, so then I leave and usually on my drive to the next person or home, I'll just kind of reflect, okay, were there ways I could have 
tapped in more to intuition or did I not listen to my intuition and discover that in fact it was right on? So I'm just using times on a regular basis where I can go back and look back and see where was I getting the right signals. And so I think the more you can pay attention to that and practice. So some fun things you can do to practice, this is all, it all feels a little heavy. During the day, when you're taking a shower, ask your intuition about simple things. You know, is there a question you've been pondering? Is there a situation you've been looking for a resolution to just, you know, while you're walking or while you're doing chores? So I find if my mind is engaged in a very mundane type of chore, like dishwashing or laundry, Mm -hmm. my brain can kind of go and do its little like brainstorming session and just get into maybe helping me find solutions to things I've been thinking about or how I handled a certain situation with a client or my kids or something. So just asking for that information, I think is a great way to just tap in a little more. And then play with making a decision based on how something looks or sounds or feels to you. Maybe ask yourself, what color should I wear today? And just, you know, have fun with it. Right. Um, I was going to use as an example of looking at a menu, but not many of us are doing that these days. But (laughs) when we do start looking at menus again, you know, go to a restaurant and sit down and say, what, is there something on this menu jumping out at me that I want to try today? So I think if we can have fun with it, it doesn't have to be this like, oh, I have to be intuitive right now. It can just become more of a natural thing for you. And I think by practicing and getting positive feedback, then we can reinforce and, you know, strengthen our own skills. Those are great ways for us to just find a way to, to start practicing the, the thought of tuning in to what's already there, but uh, developing a relationship with it, if you will. Yes, I love that. What would be two sticky notes if this episode is something that our listeners have to come back to and listen to again to really understand and let sink in, but you want to leave them with just two things to just take from today's episode, what would those two sticky notes be? Well, the first one, again, I believe we are all intuitive. And so I I think if you can just have that belief about yourself, put aside any misconceptions or preconceived notions And just say, I am intuitive. And then I think that will help open the lens for you. And whether that's voice, vibration, or visual, whatever way information comes to you is the way that works for you. And the second one is that I do believe intuition can be further developed with practice. For myself, I found over the years that as I tune into that more, I can, it becomes very quickly accessible to me. So I don't have to you know, necessarily go home and rehash it, it can kind of come to me in the moment more quickly on a regular basis. Ah, I love that. Those are, those are great. Melissa, where can our listeners find out more about you and stay connected with you? Sure. So our website at Living Peace is www.living-peace.com. We are on Facebook as well. And again, I just wanted to recommend the Penny Pierce book, The Intuitive Way, if you'd like to really have a very chock-a-block, very uh, intense, in-depth way of developing your intuition. Thank you so much, listeners. You know, I'm going to ask you, what can you do now that you've listened to this episode today, this week, to make a change in your business and your life for the better? Are you inspired to rethink anything that Melissa spoke on today? The the one thing that really spoke out to me that I, I would love to start practicing is writing down the results 
of me listening to my intuition or not listening to it. Because I, I don't know how many times in my life I say, you know, this happened to me before. I could have had a better understanding of how to handle it this time around had I just valued that experience a little bit more, written it down and taken the time to kind of lock it away and remember how that turned out. And I think if I just start practicing that, I'll get better in the future. And that's just going to make me a better practitioner, a better, you know, wife and friend and and business owner. So I'm really excited to get that going. I'm Sarah Karakay, and that wraps up this episode of Stand Out. Thanks for being here with me and learning with me. If you like this podcast, if you're able to walk away with something of value or inspiration, please, would you go ahead and leave us a review and even hit that subscribe button? Because we want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. And I know I've asked you to leave a review and subscribe, but in addition to doing that, could you also share this and every episode with your colleagues, your team, or whoever else might benefit? I so look forward to hanging out with you next time. I'll talk to you then. That's all for today's episode of Stand Out, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.